we want to welcome you all once again to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ on this very special Mother's Day. And even though we hopefully honor our mothers each and every single day, Today is a special day set aside for them. So we want to thank you all for being here this morning as we recognize our mothers and our grandmothers and our aunts and our mother figures in our lives and whoever that may be. It is great to see all of you this morning just looking around the auditorium. I have to think this is the largest crowd we have had uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. So it is great to see you all here. It's awesome to have the Spanish congregation joining us here this morning. We always love to have you guys with us. And we've got some very special visitors this morning that I want to recognize before we start with with our sermon this morning. First of all, if you haven't already noticed, uh, our brother Bill Null is back with us this morning. And it's been quite some time since we've seen brother Bill, but he is celebrating a very special 91st birthday. So can we give him a round of applause? For those of you who may not know, uh, Brother Bill was with us for a very, very long time and is just an amazing servant of God. He was very instrumental with our Comfort Cafe, and he has been a big part of our ministry to the orphanage down in Mexico. I actually had the honor of making a trip down with him one time and just to see him in his element serving God. And let me tell you right now, the kids down at the orphanage not only know him, but they love him. They refer to him as Papa Bill, and they get so excited when he was down there each and every time. So it's great to have Bill with us here this morning. I also have to give a shout out to my aunt and my cousins who are here from Illinois, who I haven't seen in, I don't even know how long at this point, it's been at least a couple of years, but definitely pre-pandemic. So it's great to have you guys with us here this morning. We are gonna go ahead and get started with our lesson on Nehemiah. And we have been working our way through the book of Nehemiah for quite some time now. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, we're getting down towards the end of the book. Uh, we'll have a lesson on Nehemiah today. Uh, next week, I'll actually be out of town for a wedding. And then the, the following weekend, we will complete our series on Nehemiah. The fifth Sunday will be our family worship Sunday, which means Brother Glenn will be with us to preach. And then we will start a brand new series as we move into the month of June. So... You see that the title of today's sermon is The Giver of Joy. Now, we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter 11 and chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible app or however you like to follow along, I do want to encourage you to open up. And we're actually going to start reading in chapter 12 this morning. So go ahead and open up to Nehemiah chapter 12. Now, just to give you the quick recap is we are looking at the fact that Nehemiah had it placed on his heart to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild the city of God. We know that it had been completely torn down, the gates had been burned, and the people were just as much in ruin as the place. So Nehemiah had it put on his heart by God to not only rebuild the city, but to regather the community. And this is so pertinent to what we have going on with the pandemic right now. As we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel, as we're starting to gather back together, uh, you know, it's just so pertinent that we look at how do we rebuild not only our church, but our church community as well. That's where we're going to be at here this morning. And again, I want to encourage you to... <laughs> to open up your Bibles and to follow along with us here this morning. So here's the bottom line of what we're going to be talking about today is the church can be about dedication, celebration, and great joy. Now that's going to be the theme that you're going to see as we unpack chapter 12 today over and over again is this idea of dedication, celebration, and great joy. And we know that we all have this great joy for one reason and one reason only, right? And that's because we have 
God in our lives. We have Jesus Christ in our lives. And because of that, we have this great joy. And we'll talk a little bit later on about the difference between joy and great joy. But those are the three things that I want you to keep in mind as we go through our lesson here this morning, is I want you to keep these three words kind of at the front of your mind. Dedication, celebration, and great joy, because that's kind of where we're at. We're at a time where we can rededicate ourselves, where we can celebrate all of the amazing things that God has done for us, and we can receive the great joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you may be wondering, why are we skipping Nehemiah chapter 11? And the reason for that is, is if you've looked at Nehemiah chapter 11, you know that it is a list of name after name after name after name after name. So, we're not going to take the time to go through that here this morning. You're welcome to go back and read that at your convenience. But to give you the idea that chapter 11 is trying to portray, it's a list of names of people and families who are coming back and rededicating themselves to the city of Jerusalem. They're rededicating themselves to the work that God would have them to do. They're rededicating their lives to God and to their faith and to their families. And that's what we're going to look at here this morning is, is this time of just regathering and what that looks like and what that feels like. And that's where we're going to run into those ideas of dedication, celebration, and joy. See, we have a unique opportunity. As we come out of this pandemic, we kind of get a do-over, right? We kind of get a new or a fresh start. And I love this idea because we have this chance to look at our church, to look at our families, and to look at our own faith and say, where am I and where would I like to be? Now, this is something that the leadership here at the church has been working on for quite some time now, is what is our vision and what is our focus? And we've talked a lot about this over the last six to eight months. And, and you know, if you were here last week, we talked about this idea of everybody getting involved and everybody being a part of this rebuilding process. And that key word was engagement. Right? And that's going to be the focus of this church as we move out of this pandemic and as things get back to normal, is how do we engage not only with one another and not only with our church, but with our community as well? How can we serve our community? How can we engage our community? So that's what we're going to be looking at. See, we, we, it's, it's, kind of like, it's kind of like Mondays, right? Everybody hates a Monday, right? Nobody really likes Mondays, so to speak. I actually like Mondays. Because Mondays, we get to hit the reset button. And maybe last week was terrible, right? Maybe last week was a bad, a bad week at work. Maybe the family was fighting. Maybe the kids were driving us crazy. But guess what? We get a redo every week. That's exactly how I'm looking at this transition time that we have as we come out of the pandemic. The pandemic hasn't been fun for anybody. And it's been downright terrible for some. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their homes. People have struggled with their families. People have struggled with drugs and alcohol and the other things that unfortunately have come along with the pandemic. But we have a chance for a redo. We have a chance for a reboot and a reset. We have a chance to start over again. And that's what we're going to focus on. So let's jump into scripture. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 12. We're going to start all the way down in verse 27. So again, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to read along with me. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27 says, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with sounds of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, 
harps, and lyres. So here we go. This first verse that we're, we're starting to look at, we already see kind of our key words coming into play, and that's dedication, celebration, and joy. Now, I love this verse because it says that they came together. <coughs> they came together to Jerusalem to celebrate. See, so what were they celebrating? They were celebrating the fact that the walls had been rebuilt, that the gates had been put back in place, and most of all, they were celebrating the fact that they were all coming back together. And that's means for celebration. And I hope that you guys feel that same way. I know we're seeing some of you for the first time in a very long time. And that's okay. We understand that. We, we don't want people to come back before they're comfortable. But I hope that you celebrate when we see our brother Glenn Roberts back for the first time in a long time. I hope that's something that gives you joy and causes you to celebrate. Because as our family, our church family comes back together, it should give us cause for celebration. And that's exactly what the people were doing in Nehemiah chapter 12. Let's go ahead and jump ahead to verse 43. It says, And on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing, because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. A couple of things in this verse, right? Everyone was rejoicing. Not just the men, not just the women. It wasn't just a crazy high school party, right? Everybody was rejoicing. The whole family was rejoicing. I hope that our church family this morning is rejoicing as we look around and, and maybe see some folks we haven't seen in a while, or, or just simply for the fact that we're seeing more seats filled. I hope that causes you to rejoice. I hope that that causes you to celebrate. I love the end of this verse. It says, the sound of the rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. The sound could be heard far away. They were so excited. They were celebrating so greatly that it could be heard for miles around the city. They were having a party. Right? They were having a party. They were excited. And what were they having a party about? They were having a party because the city of God was being rebuilt. The people of God were coming back together. And that's exactly what we're doing as we move forward, as we come out of this pandemic. So we're talking about this idea of dedication. Now, what does this idea of dedication mean? Dedication means to set apart. And they were dedicating the walls. Now, what does that mean that they dedicated the walls? It means that they were setting it apart. They were basically saying, look, inside of these walls is the city of God. Inside of these walls, we're going to serve God. Inside of these walls, we're going to protect ourselves from things that are not of God. And that's why they, the priests dedicated the walls. So that makes me think about dedication. And it makes me think about things like, what are we dedicated to? What are you dedicated to? If I could spend three days with you, what would I find that you're dedicated to? Where, where is your focus at? If I looked at your social media, if I looked at your text messages, if I looked at the way that you interact with other people, what would it say about you? What would it say that you're dedicated to? Would it say that, yes, you're dedicated to God, or would it say maybe you're dedicated to other things? See, they were dedicating the city. They were saying, look, in this city, we're going to be dedicated to God. So what are the things that we need to be dedicating to God? The church, right? We need to be dedicating this church to God. We need to be saying, look, in this place 
And in this space, we are dedicated to God. We are setting it apart. This is going to be a sacred place. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about just the physical building. I'm talking about the church in general. Right? Because God doesn't care about walls and God doesn't care about beautiful buildings and beautiful structures. God cares about the people, the ecclesia, the gathering that make up the church. We're going to be set apart. We're going to be dedicated. (coughs) How about our family? Are we dedicating our family? As we come out of this pandemic, maybe we haven't spent as much time in the Bible as we should. Maybe we haven't prayed like we should. Maybe we haven't studied the Bible with our children like we should. We have that chance to reset and to reboot. We have a do-over. What a great time to say, look, we're going to rededicate our family to God. And what does that look like? That means maybe that means we're going to make it to more Bible studies, or maybe it means we're going to make more of an effort at home to study together. Or maybe it simply means we're going to pray together as a family more frequently. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know where you're at. But this is your chance to rededicate yourselves to God. We also look at our houses, right? Are you dedicating your home to God? The people of Jerusalem, right, they dedicated the walls to God, and they said, look, inside of this place, we're going to be dedicated to God. See, we're going to put away all those other things that they had been doing, right, the idol worship, the sexual immorality. They said, look, we're going to put all of that aside. That's not going to happen within these walls. What a great lesson for us as we look at our homes to say, look, we're going to rededicate our home to God. That inside the walls, we can't control what goes on in society, but inside our walls, we know the scripture, right? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a great chance to rededicate your home. To say, look, maybe we haven't done as great as we should have during the pandemic, but going forward, we are dedicating our home to be a godly home and a godly family that is always trying our best to honor God in everything that we do. We have an opportunity to do that. So how do we know when we're dedicated to something? Dedication is one of those words that we throw around a lot, right? It takes hard work and dedication. We say that all the time, right? But what does that mean? What are the signs? How do we know when we're truly dedicated to something or someone? We can't stop thinking about that thing, right? When you wake up, When you go to sleep at night, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? What's the last thing that you think about before you go to bed at night? Do you start each day with a prayer? Do you end each day with a prayer? Some people, those of you who are morning people, you like to get up in the morning and the first thing you do is read your Bible. That's fantastic. Just not a morning person. But when you're dedicated to something, You can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop talking about it. It's the last thing you think about at night and the first thing you think about in the morning. When we think about dedication, what what, what comes to mind? I think of my marriage, right? I think of being dedicated to my wife. And I know that she is one of the first things I think about every day and one of the last things I think about at night. But we should also be finding room for God in that space and that time. That's how we know when we're dedicated to something. As I mentioned earlier, if I were to follow you around, which I'm not going to do, that's creepy, 
But if I were to follow you around for a week, how would I know what you're dedicated to? If I followed you around for a week, what would that look like? Would I come away saying, wow, they're really dedicated to sports. Wow, they're really dedicated to work. Or would I come away from that saying, wow, that person is dedicated to the Lord. Let's take a look at Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 30. And I know we're jumping around chapter 12, so we're going to keep you busy this morning. It says, when the priests and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the walls. So there's, that, there's another one of those words that we throw around, right? Purification, purified. What does that look like? Well, I don't know about you, but when I think of purified, I automatically think of bottled water. It's kind of where we are, right? We think of purified, we think of water. Think of this idea of purification. And I'll admit, I drink purified water. I grew up drinking out of a garden hose, so I don't know where that comes from, but yeah, it didn't kill me. But this idea of purification, when we think about water, right, is they purify, they take all the chemicals out, they take all that stuff that's bad for you out of the water, and it becomes pure. And that's exactly what the priests and the Levites were doing in the city, is they were purifying the city. They're getting rid of anything that shouldn't be there. They're getting rid of anything that didn't honor God. Now, we know where we get purified, right? It's right back here. The baptistry, right? We get buried in baptism, we get purified, and we receive the remission of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. But they also did the same to the city. We have the same chance to do that with the church and our family and our home. We have a chance to purify our families, to purify our homes, and to purify our churches. And that should give us cause for celebration, Right? That should give us cause for celebration. We should be celebrating the fact that we're all back together, or at least most of us are back together at this point. That should give us cause for celebration. How do you look at church on Sunday mornings? Is it something you just have to do to check the box? Is it someplace you have to go because mom and dad are going to wake me up and make me go anyway? Some of you have had that struggle in the mornings. I know I have. Or is it someplace that you just can't wait to get to? Is it someplace you just can't wait to get to? You just can't wait to come and see Sister Billy on Sunday mornings. Because you know she's going to have a kind and encouraging word for you. You just can't wait to come see Miss Mary because her smile just lights up the room. I hope, just like what we're reading in Nehemiah... I hope that when you think about coming to church, when you think about coming together and gathering with those of like faith, I hope and pray that it's not something you feel like you have to do. I really do. I hope that it's something you can't wait to do. I hope that you can't wait to come see your brothers and sisters in Christ. I hope that you can't wait to come and worship the Lord. I hope that that's something that gets the juices flowing on Sunday mornings along with coffee and caffeine, of course. See, positive thinking equals positive outcomes. I read an article the other day, and it was talking about people who think negatively. And it was fascinating because what it was saying was that if you focus 
on negative things, your brain actually makes more space for negative things. Think about that for just a second. If you focus on negative things, your brain actually allows you to think about more negative things. But if you think about positive things, and you fill your heart, and you fill your mind with the positive things, then you're going to be a more positive and a more joyful person. And that's what it's all about, and that allows you to celebrate. Because there's a lot of negativity in the world right now, right? I think we can all agree with that. There's a lot of negativity, there's a lot of division. And it seems like about every week or so we find something new to be divided about. Right? We've been divided throughout the entire pandemic. Is it real? Is it not real? We've been divided over masks. Do we wear them? Do we not wear them? We've been divided over the vaccine. Do I get it? Do I not get it? And I'm not here to tell you the answer to any of those questions. But what I want to caution you about is don't let these things consume your mind. Because it's really easy right now to get wrapped up in the numbers and to get wrapped up in the tears and to get wrapped up in the fear that goes along with the pandemic. And it's very easy to let that consume you. And that's the reason, as I mentioned earlier, that drug sales are through the roof and alcohol sales are through the roof and unfortunately so is suicide. Because people have just been overly consumed with the pandemic. But see, we need to be overly consumed with the Holy Spirit instead. Because when we're overly consumed with the Holy Spirit and we're focusing on God and we're focusing on what Jesus did for us, then we don't have time and space for all the other stuff. I'm not saying you have to ignore everything that's going on around you, but don't focus on it. Don't let that be the driving force in your life. Let's, let's jump over to Colossians. We're going to jump New Testament here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. And I think, or excuse me, verses 1 and 2. And I think this is powerful because this goes right along with what we're talking about. It, this is Paul's letter to the church. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, Paul is telling us exactly what we've been talking about. Don't get distracted by the things that are going on here. We've got to keep our eye on the prize. Right? We've got to stay focused on Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we don't have the time and space for all of the other stuff. We're going to stay in the New Testament theme here. We're going to flip over to Philippians chapter 4. <coughs> Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. See, I love this, because Paul's reminding us, right, that when you think about the right things, you'll have peace. See, when we stay focused on God, and when we stay focused on Jesus, and when we stay focused on trying to get ourselves and our families to heaven, then the God of peace is going to be with us because we've put all the negative things aside and we focus on him and it says he'll give us peace and isn't at the end of the day that what we're all kind of looking for right now is some peace some peace and some encouragement and some joy isn't that what we're looking for right now 
Nehemiah, we're going to back up to chapter 8 because you're saying, wait a minute, we're talking all about the celebration, but if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you know this hasn't always been the case for, the, the people, for, <coughs> for God's people in Nehemiah. See, in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. It says, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, if you've been following along, you know that we're only up to, to chapter 12 in Nehemiah, and it took us to Nehemiah chapter 8 before we see the joy that the people had. And that's because now the groundwork had been put in place and the people were coming back together. And that gave them joy, the joy of the Lord. So what brings us joy? Is it our family? I hope so. Is it eating out? My wife and I talk about this a lot. One of the things we've missed during the pandemic is eating out. We've also missed going to movies and sporting events. What are those things that you've missed? Because, see, it's okay to have things here on earth that give us joy. We should have. The Bible tells us over and over again that we should be happy and that we should be joyful. We're not meant to have a miserable existence. <coughs> but, see, that's the joy that we have here, which can't even compare to the joy that we can have one day. See, there's a difference between joy and great joy. See, all of those things that we just talked about, eating out, going to sporting events, and seeing family and friends, that's great. And that gives us joy. But it doesn't give us the same joy that we get from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because, see, that's the difference between joy and great joy. See, joy is, yeah, I got to, I got to go to dinner and a movie. Fantastic. Great joy is that God loved me enough to send his son to die on the cross for me. And because of that, I'm not going to be punished for all the stupid things that I've done. Instead, I have a chance to spend eternity in the most amazing place you could possibly imagine. That's the difference between joy and great joy. So what if we just accepted the joy of the Lord? See, the price has already been paid. God already made the ultimate sacrifice and sent his son down to earth to live as a man and to die on the cross for you. But it's our job, right? It's our job to have a relationship with him and accept that great joy that he offers us. Because that's what he wants for you and me. It's our job to say yes. It's our job to accept it. So let's wrap it up. What do we go, where do we go from here? What do we take from Nehemiah chapter 12 and apply to our daily lives? We need to reset, to reboot, and to restore. We have a chance to do that. You've been given a do-over. You've been given a second chance. Maybe, maybe you, you haven't been as close to Jesus during the pandemic as you would like to be. What a great opportunity for you to rededicate your life to Christ. And maybe you fall into one of those categories where you either need to dedicate your life to Christ for the very first time or rededicate your life to Christ. You have an opportunity to do that. And let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the fact that we get to be back together with this church family that we love. That we get to see folks that we haven't seen in a very long time. And let's celebrate what God has done for us. Because we are a very blessed people. We are. We live in, we live in South Orange County. 
There's a lot worse places we could live. But we got to remember that all of those blessings come from God. So let's celebrate that. Let's receive that joy. Let's find that true joy that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And let's let him hear our joy. Because see, when you're a joyful person, when you have the joy of the Lord, when you walk around as a joyful person, people are attracted to that. Think about it. Do you want to be around somebody who's miserable all the time or somebody who's in a great mood all the time? I'll take the great mood. Thank you. But there's people like Lanon, right, who are always in a good mood and always has a smile on her face. And see, people want to be around people like that. And people probably come up to her and say things like, how are you so happy all of the time? But see, she's got the joy of the Lord. And many of the others of you do too. But that's what attracts people. That's what attracts people. Hopefully that's what makes people come to you and say, Judy, what's different about you? I want some of that. See, we're not living a miserable existence. This life is just temporary. Let's have that joy that makes other people want to be around us. Because that's how we're going to encourage people to have their own relationship with Jesus Christ is we're more joyful because we've got the joy of the Lord. Maybe this morning you've never had the opportunity to be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This idea of dedicating your life to Christ, you have an opportunity to do that here in just a moment. Or maybe, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life, but maybe this pandemic has really taken a toll on yourself and your house and your family. We would love to talk with you. We would love to pray with you and for you and help you to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. If we can help you in any way, we want to encourage you to come forward as we stand together and as we sing. Here with us this morning, and we want to take just a few minutes to recognize all of the mothers and the grandmothers and the aunts and the mother figures in our lives. So the children are actually back at the back of the auditorium and they have a little gift for you. So we're going to put you on the spot. If you are a mother, a grandmother, an aunt, or any type of a mother figure for that matter, we're going to ask you to go ahead and stand up. The kiddos are going to bring around the flowers for you. And then once you've received your flowers, if you would go ahead and just have a seat so we make sure that no one gets missed, we would really appreciate that. And then we have a little video for you to watch while the flowers are being distributed. Thankful rises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strengthful rises, we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverance. Everlasting God, you do not think to won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. 
strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you for um, our children's ministry, for being willing to be here today to distribute the flowers. Uh, very special shout out to Brian Fouch, who put the flower bouquets together for all of the mothers. He does that every year. does a wonderful job. And again, we just thank you very much for being here on this very special Mother's Day. Uh, we do have a photo backdrop in the foyer if you want to take pictures with your mother on the way out. And some of us will be out there as well to help you with taking the photos. But we want to encourage you to do that. And before we close in prayer, I have to give a little shout out to my mom, who I know is watching online. Mom, I love you. I miss you. And I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. Would you please join me as we close in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for this opportunity that we had to come together and to celebrate this morning. We celebrate the regathering of the people here in Mission Viejo, and today especially we celebrate the mothers and the grandmothers and the mother figures in our lives. Heavenly Father, we are just so thankful for all of our mothers, and we know that we need their guidance, and we need their love, and we need their support, and we just thank you for placing them in our lives, and we pray a very special blessing on all of them here this morning. Heavenly Father, most of all, we ask that you would just continue to be with us this week. We just thank you so much for sending your son, and we know that that is what gives us truly great joy. Heavenly Father, thanks for what you do for us. Thanks for all that you bless us with. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Again, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Have a wonderful week. Let the King of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the King of my heart be the shadow.